we can seamlessly connect and leverage both tag-based servers, logic-based alarms, and have all of your alarms managed in your existing control system. And when 911 can just filter down on that data to give you only the information that you need to know about. Welcome to the McNaughton McKay podcast, your electrical connection. Each episode, we meet with an industry expert to tackle real issues in manufacturing. Join your host, Austin Davidson, to get the latest scoop on automation products and solutions. Hey there, and welcome back to the McNaughton McKay podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing real-time plan alarms and events, specifically in the food and bev industry, and how we extend their visibility and manage those alarms and events. And to help me walk through this, I have a channel sales manager for Win 911 He shares a birthday with me that just passed. Happy birthday and welcome, Jeremy Megan. Thanks for having me, Austin. Great to be here. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. So today the topic is plan alarms and events. Uh, and we had said specifically in food and bev, I'm assuming most of these can, can translate kind of across other industries as well. But um, application-wise, that's what we're going to focus on. So uh, obviously, you know, alarms and events are, are things that can occur in your system when, you know, I'm going to just, for an easy example, say when, when levels have been tripped or when things that you didn't want to go over a certain threshold end up going over that threshold. Um, could you give us some examples of, of if there are any other types of alarms you normally see uh, or some of the challenges that customers are facing uh, in relation to these alarms and events? Yeah, absolutely, Austin. Um, you know, we see a lot of challenges with uh, both small and large uh, manufacturing plants, uh, especially in the food and beverage industry. Mm -hmm. One of the really common themes um, that we've noticed was as a as a provider for alarm notification software is really a lack of alarm management. And you know, you've got thousands of alarms going off in a plant. You've got hundreds of different machines. Uh, so really. With, without any alarm management, how do you understand these alarms? What do they mean? And then more importantly, how do you understand the short and long-term implications? And, and that's, that's really difficult to do without having a strategy around alarm management. Sure. And I'm, I'm imagining with all those alarms going off, at some point, they just probably become noise, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, without really rationalizing these alarms and having the tools and the technology that can automate a lot of the alarm management for you, it's becoming more important now than ever to get that data right and also to be able to take action on issues immediately. Sure. So we have all these alarms coming in, lots of noise if we don't actually manage them appropriately. Uh, and, and I have to imagine we also need personnel that, you know, even if we automate it, somebody has to respond to these. The, the recent labor issues or labor shortages, have you seen that exacerbate this situation? Most certainly, um, you know, especially in, in some of the, um, you would say, maybe the more harsh uh, environments. You look at the poultry industry, for example, and meat processing. Um, there's a huge challenge right now with keeping staff on uh, good staff and reliable staff. And of course, um, uh, many of these plants run 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So this is really uh, more now than ever, the remote vis visibility into your applications and machines has become more common. And I think also internally, there, there's a real challenge on communicating within your team and within your management circle 
which is, you know, overall costing companies a lot of money and long-term repercussions. Certainly. So, so say that we're not managing these appropriately right now, right? Because that's that's kind of the basis for this episode. And you used a, uh, we'll say, a poultry plant as an example previously. Say they don't have enough staff. You know, they they're trying to remotely monitor this. So, so at that point, you have people that I, I'm guessing not only are they not at the site, but maybe they're getting these alarms off hours, right? Maybe maybe third shift, and they're actually home sleeping. If it was not for that remote access, because I feel like that's that's maybe best practice as we get down the road. What what are people currently doing? Say they don't have a good solution for this. What are you seeing customers or how are you seeing customers try to manage this in the current state? Yeah. So, you know, what we're seeing a lot of is a what I would consider a very manual process. And in, in many ways, the digital transformation and food and beverage is, is still very much behind on technology. Sure. One example of a, a larger meat processing company, this company uses Allen Bradley PLCs, Rockwell, Factory Talk, VUSE. Mm-hmm. We were able to help this company going from a manual process where they visually monitored a computer screen. Uh, this company processes meatballs, sausages, bacon, and they cut, cook, chill, and package the meat over 500 million pounds of product per year. So as you could imagine, a lot of faults, a lot of alarms. Sure. And uh, really went from a process of technicians being manually called, especially during night hours, anytime there's a, a fault or a system crash, and um, at some point, this became a, a really bad issue where the system was crashing weekly and engineering or IT departments were required to come fix the issue. So without an automated alarming system, uh, there was a lot of time for, well, really a lot of downtime and really lost product for any, any minute that wasn't responded. So in this situation, uh, we were able to help provide a solution where we integrate directly into factory talk alarms and events. And instead of a manual process of visually looking at an HMI screen, the engineers and the IT departments now get these alarms, whether they're at home or on the other side of the plant immediately, or any of the, whether it's a, a safety alarm, um, as you can imagine, temperatures are always a critical uh, metric in, in the food and beverage space. So this is uh, just an example of a larger customer that uh, was able to, to deploy an alarm notification solution to uh, completely transform their operations. I, I want to touch on a few things that you mentioned, but uh, one of them you're talking about temperature notification and uh, being that this is food and Bev, I guess the question I have is right. There's plenty of customers that if your process gets out of whack, okay, the product is, is no good. You know, you chunk it, whatever, but food and Bev specifically, I, I'm assuming that obviously they don't want to have to get rid of product, but they probably also have regulations that they have to they have to manage, right? I mean, if if the food is without a bounds in terms of what is safe for future consumption, I'm assuming they have to document that or keep track of that some way. Is that is that correct? That's absolutely right. And a lot of the documenting is is done on a clipboard and manual today for many uh, food and beverage plants we see. And in some cases, that's okay. But there's really great technology now to automate the logging of all the, the key data that you want to know about. And with really the, uh, to your point, there, there's been an increase in regulatory pressures. Uh, in fact, in November, the FDA announced a new ruling on the traceability 
of high risk foods. And this becomes compliant in 2026. So mm-hmm. foods like leafy greens, fish, uh, fresh cut produce, soft cheeses, you know, a lot of these foods are known to, to easily, in some cases, spread diseases. And um, so there's, of course, a, a, a longer term strategy to, to make the world more safe. But behind that is taking data and understanding every step of the process in terms of uh, from the time the maybe the leafy grain is pulled from uh, from the bedding to the time it uh, is, is put in a store on the shelf. So um, so it's becoming more and more critical to have that visibility and utilizing some tools as well as notification software. We can log critical information that may help feed that new ruling that uh, is going to come into effect in 2026. Sure. And, it, you know, that's one of those things that it kind of hits you from all sides. But, I, you know, I'd say in a way it's potentially a win-win as the consumer. You know, I want to make sure that I feel safe when I'm purchasing a product and don't really want to get sick off it. Um, but also, you know, as these regulatory pressures uh, kind of bear down on companies like this, potentially if you, you know, in safety, typically we, we like to call this functional safety. But there are ways where you can implement measures that actually make you more productive, right? So then maybe this is a forcibly pushed measure, if you will, but uh, in the long run, potentially the, not only can we manage these FDA regulations, but we also can, can make the facility uh, more productive. And so kind of the other side of, of what you had discussed earlier that I wanted to touch on, uh, you, you spoke of this uh, poultry plant where they were already using uh, Allen Bradley PLCs and they had factory talk view and, and all these alarms are going off. So as far as I'm aware, all the data is already there. It's just we need to use it in a way that makes sense, right? Absolutely. That's right. And, you know, that's really where when 911 has a unique place where we integrate directly into factory talk alarms and events, we can seamlessly connect and leverage both tag-based servers, logic-based alarms, and have all of your alarms managed in your existing control system. And when 911 can just filter down on that data to give you only the information that you need to know about. And so I think that's one you know, unique piece of the solution that we, we extend that capability, the alarming capability, and uh, allow that to go outside of your uh, HMI screen. Sure. And, and in the example we've been walking through, uh, I'm imagining they they have lots of alarms or they have lots of events already, potentially given you know new regulations, depending on your industry, in this case, food and Bev, you may be required to add even more of these alarms and more of these events. So being able to filter those, I, you know I, I have to imagine that that's the first step. Um, and now that we we have what's appropriate, right? We've kind of separated the the essential or the the high priority alarms over the the other things that, you know, say maybe need to be addressed, but maybe not right this second. Uh, we have all those and they now reside either in factory talk or you guys have, have boiled it down within Win 911. The, the, you know, the next step that we talked about is, is the right people getting those notifications. So I, I know you mentioned earlier, uh, whether they're on the other side of the plant or they happen to be home or probably on the other side of the world, whatever the situation is. What are some of the, the tools you guys have for notifications or maybe some of the best practices you've seen? Sure. Um, so, you know, one, one best practice we, we typically recommend is having more than one notification method set up. 
So today we can alert you five different ways, email alerts, text messages, voice call out, mobile app uh, alerts through Win911 Mobile. Uh, that's a smartphone app we developed. And then we also do in-plan announcements. So PA systems, radios, uh, more intended for the uh, the on-site worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really a, a flexible number of ways you can alert based on required. In some cases, it may be the required method due to the nature of where this employee is and where he may have internet reception or if he's, again, physically on, plant, on the plant floor. But we, we provide a solution that you can leverage all of the different channels as needed uh, based on preference and, and what's required. Well, that's that's an interesting perspective on that because, I mean, right, we've all been into plants, I'm assuming, uh, one time or another. And especially if you're, you're needing to show somebody something or you're needing to pull up information, uh, if you don't have good signal, whether, you know, on your cell phone or, you know, I'm assuming most of the time you're not on their wireless network some of those buildings, just because of all the metal and everything, it's, it's tough to get any signal. So uh, I didn't even think about the situation where maybe you're not getting the notification you need to be getting. So that's interesting. Um, and in terms of the, the redundant notification methods, is that just because we want to make sure that they're actually getting it? Or is it also you know, making sure if it's coming from two avenues, they, they understand that it's high priority? I think there's a use case for both, Austin. So having um, no failure is is one thing that I think we can't stress enough for for our users. This tends to be okay. um, not all ca- in not all cases is it, a, is it a safety matter, but in most cases they are critical alarms that people need to know about. And internet does go down. Um, there are fel- you know failures on servers, uh-huh. uh, so we do have tools to to fail over to secondary servers. Or utilize a secondary channel, um, and this is this is just a best practice. If you have a if you have a rock solid uh, IT infrastructure, you're confident in, in using your internet access. You can certainly leverage a, a single channel as well. So, so something else you had mentioned because this is uh, I'm a little less familiar with this, but um, you know the email, the text, the voice calls, all of those, I, I can understand how you guys would integrate into. Um, but the, the PA systems, how do you actually integrate into those? Yeah, so this is actually a, a, a quite common use case we see in the food and beverage industry. Sure. And we, we have an application called Win911 Announcer. And this application, you can install as many announcers in your network as you need. And it would utilize a local sound device. So you can wire a PA system to your to your PC or if you have a a radio that is, um, is is recognized as a sound device on your PC that makes a, a great source for Win Nine One One to play back your alarm messages concurrently. So we see this a lot where maybe you have somebody manning a control room and they're working the overnight staff, and should a critical alarm in the middle of the night happen, the tank comes too high, um, that specific alarm might play back in the control room. Um, as a, again, as a secondary means to, hey, we need to make sure everybody knows about this, especially the people that are on site, uh, because this could cause a bigger risk. Sure, sure. Um, and then in terms of, of, you know, we've boiled it down to the alarms that we, we think are the most important. How do, how do we know what actions to take against them? Is that just tribal knowledge or is there some way to bake that information into the Win911 platform? 
Yeah, so we have a concept called notification policies that allows users to customize their um, escalation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So your escalation being what happens after an alarm occurs. So in some cases, you may have a a number of operators uh, be notified until a user responds to that or the alarm returns to normal. Uh, Or in a more, maybe a more complex escalation, uh, somebody doesn't respond over a period of time. Uh, that alert may go from an operator to a manager uh, or to another um, role in the in the facility to take action as a uh, as a, a means of escalating. Mm-hmm. So you know, as you design your Win Nine One One system, it's it's recommended to to think about it as you know we have different groups and you know who is responsible for what alarms and how should that alarm be escalated across this group. Certainly. And so that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the one question I do have concerning that, though, is say say we do have a good understanding of our alarms, but right, we've had so many alarms going off for so long. We want to boil down to what's most essential or what's most common so we can either uh, take the things that are actionable and we need to do something against them versus maybe pushing the noise even further down. Um, is, there, is there an easy way within the platform to... I mean, for lack of a better term, report on this or to identify, you know, common issues one way or the other? Yeah, great question. Um, so we, we, we have a few different ways uh, to report. Um, we have a, uh, the older method we've featured for some time uh, that allows you to build a uh, set of tag values in a report format where you can request that information on the fly using a mobile app or uh, over a phone call. Uh, but recently we partnered, we recently became strategic partners with SciTech, who provides Excel Reporter. Yep. And we've been working together on some new integrations. And um, to share a few of the, the highlights, there's now a new Win911 data source available with Excel Reporter, where you can use Win911's uh, notification sources. We call these notification source reports. So this will show the most commonly occurred notifications in the system provides a chart to root out nuisances and bad actors, if there are any. It also accumulates percentages to help highlight the overall contribution of the top alarm. So you can see things like the alarm quantities, the average per hour, uh, accumulation percentages. We've also started to add some features on reporting, uh, leveraging Excel Reporter to break down your notification contact. So this gives you activity based on the person being notified. So it can tell you who's responding, who is not, if someone's being overloaded or ignoring alarms. And then of course, um, you know, some of the featured reports that uh, Excel Reporter has available, ISA 18.2, as we kind of touched on alarm management being a, uh, a hot topic right now, mm-hmm. uh, Excel Reporter can provide you a ISA 18.2 alarm dashboard, alarm performance dashboard. And this shows the top 12 metrics defined by ISA. So top contribution, average rates, floods. And we intend to continue working with SciTech to provide uh, more robust uh, alarm management reports around when 911 logs as well. So we're looking forward to some of that. Very cool. Very cool. And and for anyone who's interested, uh, we did have a previous episode specifically on XL Reporter, episode 20. Uh, so if you have any other questions about that, you can reference that episode. Um, in terms of Win911, 
that's that's pretty much all the questions that I had for you, Jeremy. Is there anything uh, before I let you go that you'd like to call out? No, um, you know, you can certainly go on our website, win911.com. We have a lot of great resources from videos, technical documentations, uh, case studies, and of course, uh, our friends at Mac and Mac are uh, a great resource for any of your uh, questions or when 911 needs as well. Perfect. Well, as I always close out with, if you have any questions, please reach out to your local McNaughton McKay account manager, uh, or you can always email us at podcast at mc-mc.com. And if we can't answer your question, we'll get you in touch with somebody who really knows their stuff like Jeremy over here. So Jeremy, thank you so much for your time uh, and have yourself a good weekend. Thank you for your time, Austin. See you.